Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a bird, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Get a fresh new start MJ Network will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the air Good morning everybody, we're freezing here But I hope you're warm wherever you are We have the author of Terror Bay, Lisa Thomas, is here. And this book is outrageous. You're going to want to get a copy for everybody in your family. After surviving a gunshot wound to the head, San Francisco homicide detective Kurt Warren is placed in a medically induced coma. In his consciousness state, he can't take shake the feeling of a he had like a lucid visitor dream of a mysterious woman, Genevieve Lucas, who appears to be summoning him. I'm not going to tell you any more because you're going to have to figure it out for yourself after you read it. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Delighted to be here. I'm delighted to do this. Let me tell you, Tra- traumatic brain injury is serious. I know that. And that's what drew me to the book because my sister died of a heart attack, but she also died of a traumatic brain injury. And I know there are times like with with Kurt that you could actually fix that, and they didn't try to do hers. So Mm. how does the prologue, that really got me, set the pace for what's going to come? Um. The pro- so this is a thriller, but it's written in the first person. A lot of my thrillers yeah. are written in the first person. Um, and that was one of the ways that I sort of pulled readers into Kurt's head. And mm-hmm. it, I call this a psychological thriller because um, his psychology in dealing with his traumatic brain injury and then coming to terms with what he has to deal with in this book is a really important part of what slows him down Mm -hmm. and what gives him challenges. And I think that's what makes protagonists interesting um, in in a thriller novel. He was extremely interesting. It piques readers' interest right away. And, of course, I do what I normally do, just sit down and read it. And you get mm-hmm. inside the head of people. And I know I read a couple of books by um, Janie and Krantz where people have lucid dreams or they have vivid dreams and they remember them in the morning. But tell us about Kurt and why, in the, while he's in an induced coma, why did he think about this woman, Genevieve? Who was she? So um, he doesn't know who she is, and he also doesn't yeah. know if she's real. You know, I think if you if mm-hmm. you read the back of the book, you might wonder, is this a paranormal thriller? It's actually not a paranormal thriller. And I talked to a number of people who, um, who were dealing with um, recovering from a coma, and they saw things in their head. They thought that they might have been dreams. But in, in his case, this image and this woman persisted and he thought um, he thought there's got to be something to this. I need to investigate it. I need to find out who she is. He took a lot of chances doing that too. That I remember. Yes. yes that's he what did. made that's what made it, yeah. And I and he often wondered, you know, while I was listening, looking at my sister's face, at times it I thought that she could hear me, but you don't really know. 
he could actually mm-hmm. hear. So what did he hear, and who was the How did he know that this woman was, she was actually talking to him, he thought. She was definitely talking to him in that experience. But, I mean, there was a physical manifestation of her, too. He thought that yeah. he was seeing her and that she was summoning him, same saying come she was summoning him to this ship that he sees in his head and so you know i mean that that wouldn't have been the case had he not been in a coma but he but he woke from the coma with this sudden imperative to find out who is this woman and what does she want from me why is she bothering me he felt like like she was um really interrupting him and kind of um making a statement that's what he needed to find out that's really scary that is scary because mm-hmm. he actually believed mm-hmm. it, and he just went every yes. every. Did he tell it to anybody? Did he tell anyone that he was looking for her, or did he keep it to himself? He kept it to himself at first because he wasn't sure he even trusted what he saw. But then yeah. when he realized, um, I, I I need to take a risk and I need to find her. That's when he he approached his partner Vaughn and said. Um, and mm. said, I think uh, I think Genevieve Lucas might be real. I need to investigate this, and you're coming with me. He basically forced him to go. He didn't have a choice, sort of, right? I mean, wonder mm-hmm. how many people would be like one that would do that. I mean, seriously, and and risk everything. And what did you read more, people? I, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna a- listen to this, and you're gonna and you're gonna want to just like buy ten copies, seriously. <laughs> Because you, you fall in love I, thank with you. Thank you. I, I think that's what um, what really made this a thriller. You know, you think about what separates a mystery from a thriller. A lot of times the yeah. pace and the stakes, um, you know, really kind of cranks it up a notch. And I think, you, I think you're right. I think he woke up from this coma and he wasn't even thinking about risk. He was thinking, I'm going to do everything I can to find out if this woman is real and contact her yeah. and find out what her connection is to me, and I don't care what I have to risk. He just didn't care at that point. I, I couldn't understand him. I really can't. It's, it's, when I want to know something, I'll just get know it. And sometimes people get annoyed, and I don't care. Whatever you have to do, my father taught me, if you want to know something, find out for yourself, because no one's going to tell you, because they're not going to care. So we have an, right. another character that I love. It's It's his daughter, Brooke. So what's his relationship and why is she important? And I really like her. Um, Brooke is his daughter. She's 28, and she's the complete opposite of, of Kurt. <laughs> she mm-hmm. absolutely has everything <laughs> together. She's um, she's smart. She's focused. She's right on track with her life, and she's not lost and searching like people are sometimes in their 20s like Mm. I certainly was she just has everything together and she's a really important anchor for him in this story you know she's an anchor to um to what's real in his family she's also an anchor to the trauma that he'd been running from all this time his seven-year-old son died yeah, and this happened. Uh, and this happened. Yeah. So, um, so he never really recovered. I mean, I, I imagine you can't recover from um, from a loss that tragic. Um, and and that affected Brooke too. That was her brother. So, I mean, she's an anchor to that part of of his story and his pain too. Is this a series? Is he coming back? I got to ask that because I love this guy. 
it is not a series as of now, but um, but you're you're a creative person too, Fran, and you know we don't always make these decisions. I might just kind of wake up and say, oh, I I I have to write a sequel to this book. I'm not planning it now, so so far it's a standalone. I know what you're saying. But my book mm-hmm. scare everybody, and I'm very proud of it. Seriously. <laughs> so, <laughs> really. So, how does he react to the staff? Because at first, he's not very nice. He gets unglued, and he resented the staff, and he couldn't wait. He's definitely me. He couldn't wait to get out of there. No one wants to be in the <laughs> hospital, even if you need it. So, how does how does he deal with that? And the nurses and all the people that he doesn't want to deal with. Um, he didn't deal with it very well, and he. Um, I did a lot of research on um, I, yeah. on coma reco- on coma recovery, and I, I learned a lot from a couple of case studies um, and from a couple of people that I talked to, and I pulled that into this character. For example, he couldn't stand lights, and he couldn't stand yeah. like loud, jarring noises. He was just emotionally unglued from them. And so he was really difficult when they were trying to deal with him and do tests on him and and talk to him. He really wanted nothing to do with them. And eventually he just became very manipulative, telling them exactly what they wanted to hear so he could get the heck out of there as soon as possible. I'm going to cry in about a minute. I just can't (laughs) believe this. I put 120 minutes. It's all right. I've got an hour and a half and right 90. And I checked it last night. It said 120 minutes. I don't know who the rocket scientist did it this time. I looked at it three times yesterday, 120 minutes. Oh, well, we'll be fine. So Mm-mm. you wrote a lot about, this was interesting, about shipwreck, scuba diving, buried treasure. I'd love to have one. Uh, t- traumatic brain injury. So you had a lot of different advisors that helped you do this, right? That helped you yes. do this book. Yes. I know. I wish not everybody has that now. We gotta to get to the good part. Vaughn and his relationship to Kurt and he decides to go with him to find out. Now the other character that I found very interesting is Elena and she was his former lover, but how come she was part of the medical team? That sort of made it hard for him, or didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. She and and I think she was trying to be. She was trying to be a thorn in his side because she knows all yeah. the tricks. She knew she knew he would be trying to get out of there. She knew he would be manipulating the staff because he's smart. He's a former detective. He was a homicide detective. I mean he was a mm. he was a trained he was a trained professional, a trained investigator. Um, Kurt and Elena were scuba divers, and you were asking me about research. That was one of the things that I yeah. had to research in this book because it's really yeah. kind of a maritime thriller. My husband is um, is a former diver, and he helped me with a lot of the details of this book related to diving and diving depth and um, oxygen narcosis. And my editor for this book is also a diver, so that that helped me. But um, but yeah, the relationship with um, with with Elena that was a really tricky one throughout the book, and it wasn't really resolved at the end. And I think sometimes no, that wasn't. happens in relationships. You know, I mean, he he had a very difficult relationship with her. He loved her almost like family. You know, I mean, they weren't lovers again as the book progressed. But she had medical training. She was a medical caseworker, and she inserted herself on his team so that she could keep an eye on him, knowing that he would be taking unreasonable risks because of, of what he was investigating. 
But she did it for the right reasons, even though he might not have realized it. And you know, mm-hmm, you, you exactly. don't you don't love her, but you don't like you don't hate her. So <laughs> this this is <laughs> I'm losing. <laughs> this is interesting. He hated lights. Yeah, you know, sort of. And, and dark. Yeah, definitely. What can I say? Um, so he went out at night, and mm-hmm. people were surprised that he recovered at all. And he, why was he? Why wasn't he on the force? Because he, they didn't think he was going to make it. They didn't know Kurt. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't think he was going to make it. No, I mean he. He was out for. Um, he was. He was in a coma for almost two weeks, which is unheard of that he would yeah. recover at all, let alone like recover to the extent that he did and so quickly. But um, mm. they made that decision to um, to kind of retire him with that um, with the paperwork that they used. Um, they made that decision based on talking to his doctors. His doctors thought that he wasn't going to recover and that he they weren't going to be able to um, to bring him around. And they also weren't um, mm. satisfied that, that even if he did recover, he would have the same um, level of function that he had before. They don't always know everything. Get this, people. They that's, really don't. That's right. You know, the, the human spirit aspect of it. They 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 didn't know, and he surprised them. And that doesn't what he had. He had a determination. So this gets into the good part. Um, what searches did he, he went on Google to find shipwrecks and Genevieve Lucas? But he really mm-hmm. wanted to find her because he felt like she was actually a soul connection. So how, what did, yes. how did he figure out where she might be or not be? Well. One of the things that he did was kind of um, a process of elimination. You know, he um, he was looking at the woman that he saw in his head, and um, and he started looking on Google just based on a name search. And he came up with um, with some social media accounts on TikTok and on Instagram of like twenty year old women. Um, mm. And they had red hair, or they had blonde hair, or they just didn't look like she looked in his head, in his image. Um, so that was one of the ways that he narrowed it down. But um, he also had this idea that she was a diver, and so that's then he used that to kind of narrow down his search. You know, Genevieve Lucas diver, and eventually he started to realize. Um, that he had a connection to Puget Sound and to Bainbridge Island. He'd never been there before. He had no idea where that connection came from. He just felt it. He just, he just It's like he was saying, I know like I know. And so he used that to inform his search. Genevieve Lucas, Puget Sound diver, and that's when he found someone. Now, this is interesting. He tricked the hospital he was dying to leave the hospital, claustrophobic. I could deal with that. So he tricked them in order to think, in order to get out of there, didn't he? Because mm-hmm. he was really, really mm-hmm. clever. And he mm-hmm. wanted Vaughn to go with him. So why mm-hmm. in heaven blazes would Vaughn risk his life to go with him to find, which could have been like an, a, a mirage or something. might not have been anything. That's a great question, and I, I think of it. Vaughn. <laughs> I, I think Vaughn. I think Vaughn decided to go because he knew and he felt that Kurt was going to go um, anyway. And mm-hmm. if Kurt went on his own, he could have ended up dead, or he could have ended up back in the hospital. He could have ended up, mm-hmm. 
you know, like uh, there were all kinds of risks that could have happened. So he really did it not because he believed in his search and he believed in his mission, but because he wanted to protect him from himself, really. Mm. So now let's get to where this takes place. Puget Sound, to look for the real Lucas, J.W. Lucas, they went to a whole bunch of different places and wound up learning from, I won't say who, about his daughter. So why why did the daughter of the father of the daughter shot in a nightclub, the same place Kirk was shot by the killer a week later? How did you link those two, Mr. Ames and his daughter? And how does this fit into the main part of the plot? Um, okay, so the nightclub is in Oakland, California, and that's where I live. And it's a real nightclub that's closed now, but it but it really was real. And I, I used mm. to go there. It was called uh, the Stork Club. And um, oh, nice! And that and that nightclub, um, that nightclub is where um, is where the victim is shot. And we think that that's just kind of a random event. Just you know, a, a girl mm. in a nightclub is shot. Maybe you know, maybe he he wasn't intending to kill her. We we don't know at that point. And the way that that's related to um, what happens at Puget Sound is because she's the girlfriend um, of Marcus Reyes, and and he was the reason yeah. why she was shot as a warning. That's kind of a spoiler. I don't want to give away too much, but there is a no. We're not going to even say anything. Di- between the girl who died in the nightclub and what happens on Bainbridge Island up in Puget Sound. Well, we're not going to say anything. We're not going to tell who, why he was there, and why what happened to him because we don't care. No, we can't tell that. <laughs> so. How is Annabelle? And tell us about the events leading up to finding out who she is, because usually when I get a book with a lot of characters, I have to get a, in my, my, um, as a teacher, I use my um, character, character main idea, graphic organizer and something. I didn't have to do that. Mm. Not this time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I had. A, I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book by a very well-known author. I won't say who. That's got uh, 300 characters that I have to remember. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's what I said, but that's okay. I got this. <laughs> so. Okay. All right, so Annabelle is Kurt, uh, Annabelle mm. is the daughter of Genevieve Lucas, and this is what ah. he comes to discover. It, it, his, in, his inner compass, his inner guidance system is leading him up to Bainbridge Island, which is in Puget Sound, um, west of Seattle, Washington, and he he eventually leads um, leads himself to a house which looks familiar to him, but he's never been there before. So he doesn't know why it's familiar. So this is that kind of spooky element. This is not a paranormal thriller, but I mean he just he just has a feeling. And he's looking at this house with Vaughn. They're standing outside, and this young girl comes out, and she's like, "Yes." Can I help you? You know, kind of mm-hmm. like, what are you doing here, standing in my front yard? And um, and Vaughn is um, kind of the voice of reason, explaining to her, my friend was in a coma, and he has a feeling that um, that he has some connection to this house, and she's not buying it. She's like, uh huh, you know, <laughs> kind of waiting for like the yeah, realistic answer, which, which never comes, and eventually. Um, uh, eventually one of them says to her that he's looking for Genevieve Lucas um, and the daughter says, yeah, she was my mother. And and that's a, an important turning point in the book because that explains to Kurt and to Vaughn 
that he's not crazy. Yeah. That he's not he's not out of his mind. He didn't imagine this whole thing. Yes, he saw this woman and, and he heard from her when he was in a coma. But she's real. I mean, she uh, he's he's talking to her daughter. So I mean, that that validates what he's been feeling and all of his uncertainty and mania that he'd had for the last several weeks waking up from this coma. This this was real. This woman intended to give him a message, and he was supposed to be there at that moment. So that was a really important moment, I think. But wait till I read the rest of it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> now, we have Alfred. Why were they staying in his house? What was the point of that? I question out the um, next question. Okay, so Alfred, um, let me say who Alfred is. Alfred Leggetti is um, is a shipwreck historian, and he was mm. also Jennifer Lucas's dive partner, longtime dive partner. Mm. And they stayed in his house uh, for safety, and they stayed in his house with Annabelle for safety. So as the story starts to escalate, they can't stay in one place because they're being chased by the same people that killed the girl mm-hmm. in in the nightclub. Well, this question I don't think I should ask. It's about somebody else and relations. Yeah, about the person you just mentioned. Um, so, Alfred, who would sabotage? Who would sabotage? In other words, Genevieve was a diver, right? And she would yes. check her equipment before she went on a dive, right? So uh, I'm reading sort of. the part, the prologue. So what what would go? Would anything go wrong, or just you know, maybe they don't realize it or something? That's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Alfred Leggetti, the, um, the, uh, the her dive partner that I just mentioned, that was always his yeah. job on the dive. She would figure out yeah. where she wanted to go, what she wanted, what they were diving to look at. His responsibility was um, was the tanks, making sure that they had the right air mixture in them, making sure that they were the right size based on um, the duration of the dive, and um, and he would prepare all that before their dive. So that was his responsibility. So if something happened to one of her tanks, you would yeah. think that he had something to do with it, but maybe he didn't. Maybe there was somebody else who wanted to harm her. Well, there had to be a reason because she was really good. She was a marine mm-hmm. biologist, right? And she was mm-hmm. really a salvage diver. What does that mean? Because there are a lot of people listening. Hello, people. And um, they probably wouldn't understand that. So uh, I, I don't have a, a clinical definition, but salvage divers are um, different from, like, recreational divers, um, mm-hmm. and salvage divers are looking for treasure, essentially. You know, a, a lot of times a salvage diver is interested in history. Sometimes they're interested in um, in finding artifacts that they can sell or that they can um, historically date. I think there's a lot to that. Um, but um, that was really the secret about her. So on the surface, she was a professor, and she was a marine biologist, and she was a professional um, scuba diver um, for for many years. But um, kind of the deeper definition is what you pointed out. She was really secretly a salvage diver. And then the question becomes, what was she diving for? What was she searching for? Was there one thing that she was searching for all her life, and did she ever find it? And I'm not telling. Sometimes (laughs) we're not we're not going to give you any more people. Seriously, I mean seriously speaking, 
Now, as a matter of fact, I have to reprint the questions because for some stupid reason my printer didn't print all of them out. doesn't like me today. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, that's all right. Okay, now, why he he was so drawn to the area where he lived. What was his connection to anything? Why why did he he was drawn to where where he where she where she lived he lived, and why he felt like he was compelled he was like he couldn't yes. he couldn't change how was his mindset. Yes, that's that's right, and I think that's a great way of of describing it. He he felt compelled um, yeah. to go to this place on Bainbridge Island. He didn't know why, and he knew in, intellectually he felt like I've never been here before. But then as he's, um, you know, the day that he meets Annabelle, Genevieve Lucas's daughter, and he's walking around that property, he goes into the back, which is facing the water, and he sees Mm. this boathouse, and he he stands, you know, he kind of like cocks his head sideways, and he's looking at this boathouse, really old, and it's kind of crooked. And and he walks around the front of it, and he stands inside this boathouse, and he realizes, oh, my God, I've been here before. And that's another, like, really important turning point for him, something else validating why he was there, validating this story, validating his connection to Genevieve Lucas. I mean, there was nothing in his in his past that he could consciously remember that would put him in Washington on Bainbridge Island, up in Puget Sound. He, he, you know, he was born and raised in San Francisco. He lived in San Francisco with his wife and his daughter. Um, but he, but something, something must have happened in his past, and something must have happened mm. in his memory because he knows at that point, standing in the boathouse, I was here before. Oh my God, when was I? What was I doing here? And why can't I remember? So it, it was okay. a, kind of a flash moment of reality for him, of validation, but also of terror. I mean, making him not trust his own psychology. And that's one of the things that I think makes this a psychological thriller is, you know, his his psychological wellness was really in question, the whole book. I would be, I'm surprised he didn't question more than that and see somebody to say, am I imagining it? Am I losing my mind? I mean, mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. No wonder Vaughn was like, "Are you are you serious? Is this really mm-hmm. happening?" Well, now, when he got out of when he got out of the hospital, um, you can imagine, um, and and you probably um, you, you probably uh, remember this too. Um, there's um, there there are a lot of follow up tests that you have to have. You know, like the hospital will discharge yeah. you, but you have to see this person on this day. And a week later, you're going to see this person. And sometimes they come to the house if you're not ambulatory and you can't get there yourself. Well, that happened to Kurt. He had um, he had to he had to um, deal with psychological testing. He had speech and language mm. pathology. He had physical therapy, and um, and basically he was manipulating all i mean he he could move around he was fine but i mean in terms of his like you know cognizant um abilities he um he manipulated them so that he could um be able to have the freedom to go off and fly to washington to do this investigation now this gets really 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 interesting I found the rest of these. Oh, my God. Um, why pretend to be Breslin, and what was behind it? They assumed he was somebody else, right? Yes. <clears throat> um, 
So one of the ways that the antagonist um, in the story wanted to slow him down because they were worried yeah. that Kurt and his partner Vaughn were starting to put it put it all together. I won't say what all is because I don't want to give away yeah. the plot, but they were worried um, because he was starting to get close, and they thought one of the ways that they could slow him down is arrest him and tell the arresting officers that he's actually um, he's actually Breslin. He's he's the um, he's the guy, he's the killer that they're looking for. He's the person who killed the girl in in the nightclub in Oakland, California. Mm. And it wasn't true and Kurt gets arrested and they're calling him Breslin and he's like, Are you people crazy? Don't you hear me? Do you want to see my driver's license? What's wrong with you? And so that kind of unglues him and that was just a ploy to kind of slow him down. That is scary. He really was brave about this. Where was Vaughn at the, all this time when he was in jail? Was he trying to get him out, or did he just he couldn't just leave him there? That's a wonderful question, and I think that's one of the things that made readers wonder: Is he a yeah. bad guy, or is he a good uh-huh. guy? And you know, sometimes I take flack for that um, from <laughs> from readers because readers want to know. Um, you know, they they want to know with certainty whether someone which category a character is in, and sometimes life is not like that, and sometimes you just don't know. And I wanted to kind of bring that uncertainty and that ambiguity into these characters to kind of deepen them a little bit. Um, yeah, where was Vaughn? Vaughn's his best friend. Vaughn was his his partner um, with the San Francisco Police Department for five years, and now he's been arrested. And like, where the heck is he? Well, he does kind of show up later that day and he does kind of help him escape but um but not at first and i think i think kurt was was feeling kind of abandoned and and really wondering Mm -hmm. where his where vaughn's allegiances were and i wanted the reader to wonder that too i did but that's what made the book better because Mm, it was too If there are no conflicts, if there's no um dissension or something it puts me to sleep Really, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. week I've read a few that were, you know, I, I don't write bad reviews ever. Oh, good, that's great. My screen decided decided to do its thing again. Uh-oh. I have no idea. No, it's my it's my computer. It doesn't love me, and oh, it's okay. We'll imp- we'll, we'll no, improvise. it'll be fine. We'll be fine. No, I could I could see it, and I don't have to log in. I just have to go to the studio. Yeah, they're telling me I have to log in again. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. I can only have one hand to do this. Um, it, it gets it gets to me after a while. What can I say? Uh, how, how, did, how did he feel? I mean, the, he had to realize he didn't know who he could trust, I guess, at that, at that point. Absolutely. And and I think that was a really important um, a, a really important kind of point for him is feeling that isolation, feeling alone, feeling vulnerable. And I think that's, you know, where you really have to um, be real with yourself and say, how important is this quest to me? I, I'm I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. I'm, I'm on this island somewhere. And, you know, I'm I, I'm trying to prove that this woman existed and find out what her connection is to me, but nobody believes me. I don't have any allies right now. And I think he felt very alone, and I think that was really hard for him. I'm just trying to log in again because I can't see. Uh-oh. I got it. 
Oh gosh, this my computer does this ever so often. My husband has something on on the thing that I don't even know why. Okay, I fixed it. My brilliance Okay, that was through. quick. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, that's why I put on speakerphone. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, why again? So, does he stay in touch with Brooke at all during this? Because she's um, a very important person in a, in a, in a sense. Yeah, she's she's his daughter. I mean, she he, yeah. he does stay in touch with her, but he has to be kind of sparing about that because he leaves yeah. and goes to Puget Sound without telling her. There's this whole ruse where um where where Vaughn was gonna was gonna fly with him up there, and he tried to um, make it seem to Brooke, his daughter, that he was just gonna be gone for a day. So he's a big fat liar, basically. He's like lying and manipulating everyone so mm-hmm. that he can, you know, have like this, um, so that he can have his resources available to him to do what he needs to do. But he does contact her. She does reach out to him, and and she says, "Dad, where are you? I'm worried about you." And so he has to find new ways to pacify her and um and to keep her from basically like you know calling the police and sending everyone after him so it it's a really tricky situation he's he's deeply close to her but she knows that something's going on she also figured out that he's not telling the truth she's really yep. smart yes she's she's very smart yeah so brook brook is really great and annabelle if she's in it pretty much all so the the final chances could give you heart palpitations, seriously. <laughs> and when you find out about the truth about Vaughn, you go, "Oh my God!" So mm-hmm. how do you how did you link Vaughn, Albert, Alfred, and Annabelle all together? And we're not going to give them too much, too, give away too much, but oh my God! There there was a lot to tie up in this book. You know, I mean, uh, writers talk mm-hmm. about. Um, when it comes to plotting novels, writers talk about being like a plotter or a pantser. A plotter is someone who deeply outlines a book and they know exactly where they're going from the very beginning. A pantser is, you know, it just means flying by the seat mm-hmm. of your pants. It's not writing an outline and you just kind of like follow follow your heart, follow your mind. Like whatever comes up, you, you follow it. I'm I'm in between those two. So I do plot my novels. I don't plot them in a in a super detailed way. Um, like I might know where I want to end up at the end, but I have no idea how I'm going to get there, and that's fun for me. So the way that this all concluded, I did have an idea about how it was going to happen, but you know, you you discovered that I'll, uh, I don't want to give away too much here. But this no. book is really about buried treasure. I don't want to say what kind of treasure yeah, and, and, and what it was, but that was one of the secrets that emerged is come to find out buried treasure is really at the heart of this story and that was what pulled all the characters together. Kurt was a part of that. Genevieve Lucas was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Annabelle, her daughter. Alfred, her diving partner. They were all part of this um, of this kind of quest to find this particular treasure. And that's how Genevieve Lucas's husband died. Her husband Ben yeah. was another diver, and they were all part of this um, part of the same pursuit. And Genevieve died uh, died because of it. So um, so that just points to even more loss for Kurt. Yeah. He lost his, he lost his seven year old son, 
And some of the backstory there is that before he was a homicide detective, Kurt was mm. a pediatrician, and he stopped being a mm. doctor because his seven-year-old son died, and he couldn't save him, and he couldn't face that pain. He couldn't face that failure. So he pivoted mm-hmm. and went to a completely different um, different occupation and different line of work at that point. He thought, I couldn't figure out why Ryan died, so maybe there's another way that I can do these investigations if I don't do them medically. Maybe I'll become a homicide detective. So, so Ryan was an important um, loss in his past. And now Genevieve Lucas, who he's connected to, she also died. So, um, yeah. Oops, I hear a lot of static. Hear me okay, Fran? Yeah, I know. I don't know why. I'm on my home phone. It shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't. Now it's gone away. Okay. We're good. Whoever you are, get lost. <laughs> I tell you, I'm losing my mind. So this this was this was really different. Um, the ending is really different, and Kurt has to really sit down and think about how he's going to deal with all of this. But what about mm-hmm. his brain problem? Traumatic brain injury doesn't go away. I know. That's right. And I don't tell you how I but I do know. And it leaves you with something, anything that's mm-hmm. not going to make you happy. So how does he deal with it? And can he go back on the police force the way he is? I I, I think, you know, I didn't take the story into the future in that way, but I assume um, yeah. that he might. He might start. Uh, he might start working again in in that vein. I mean, you know, uh, eventually he recovers. But you know, really, the way to recover from a traumatic brain injury is not to subject yourself to risk and strain. And yeah. my God, look at what look at what he was doing. He wasn't really abiding by um, the directive of his doctors, was he? No, like quite the opposite. So I think at the end of the book, he probably needed a, a couple of months. Of um, of real recovery and real recuperation under Elena's care. I don't know if he did it or not, but um, but then eventually, yes, he might go back to he might go back to that work. Honestly, I think going through this kind of an experience, it mm-hmm. would be unlikely for him to go back to anything. You know, I mean, because trauma changes yeah. you, loss changes you, and he might he might have decided to do something completely different. You know, I, I, I would have thought he would be afraid to get hit in the head. Me. Say that again. I would have thought he was afraid to get hit in the head. I mean, especially when yes. you have traumatic brain injury. I probably yes. would wear a helmet outside forever. Yes, I, I, I think, I think most people would be afraid of that, and I think he wasn't afraid because he just mm. felt so compelled to find the truth at that point. I mean, the closer he got to it, the more danger there was. And he thought there's got to be something to this. So he was just willing to take those risks. So he, he was he was there. He got close to Annabelle. How come? What was this thing about he felt like he had to protect her or take care of her? Why? Yes. Because he felt a connection to Genevieve. And Genevieve had died. And and Annabelle was, um, was his only... Um, connection left to Genevieve Lucas, mm. the woman who um, the woman who spoke to him in in his coma. So he felt a connection to her, and she seemed vulnerable to him. She was um, he he just felt a he felt the need to protect her that he had to look after her. And then we find out Most at the end 
what what the real connection was. I can't say what that was, but but there no, was another reason for it too. That is that is scary. That is really mm-hmm. scary. And I know, like, they, well, there's another person involved. We're not talking about that. There's another person involved in what in what she went through and the dive and all the rest of it. Seriously, right. like, oh my God. And right. why did Brooke give her, her blessing, his blessing, because he was living with Annabelle? She said she was fine about it. And the way you, the way you um, leave the ending, we won't tell him how. I almost thought maybe he was going to wind up with Annabelle for more as a more serious basis. Um, he was too old for her. Annabelle is Brooke's age. Annabelle is his daughter's age. And he wanted he wanted to stay there in Bain, on Bainbridge Island um, to look after her and protect her and really get to know her, get to know her better. I don't blame him. And I have a few more questions. But before I forget, okay. my mind is gone. On Thursday, this is going to be really great. Jim Latoile is going to be here, and he, we're going to talk about Face of Greed. Now, for those of you that have ever, ever, ever had anybody that's a spoiled brat, thinks everything is coming to her, wait till you meet Lori. That's all I'll say. The book mm. is so great that everybody, oh, she's evil. And, you know, he the way he created the novel, sometimes you get what you deserve at the end. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Um, okay. On Monday, we have a question mark. We have the um, the math, the mark of the salamander. I hope he's going to come on on uh, Wednesday of next week, the twenty second. This is a real big thrill. It's one of my students from my school. She wrote a book about her son who has sickle cell anemia, and the title is "Waking Up for School." Is cool, which is why I fell in love with it. And Janae mm. Lee is going to be on my show for the first time. I was like, oh my god, one of my students. Yeah, so That's it's awesome. on the twenty. It it is awesome. She's pretty awesome. She got my phone number from one of my other students that ratted me out. Seriously, on the twenty sixth, <laughs> I have David Putnam, diabolical, mm-hmm. and on the twenty eighth, mm-hmm. I have a panel, and we're going to talk about my book and their new releases because my book came out December thirteenth. It's called Mirror Image. If you look yourself in the mirror, and you don't, and you've done something wrong, the mirror is going to replay your incident. And the mirror says to you, if you don't repent, you're going to be replaying that incident in the mirror forever and become a face in the mirror. For real. Mm, I'm, I'm going to read I that I didn't book. say, you, yeah. You got to re- I'm telling you, I'm very proud to say that Partners in Crime is giving me, because they love me, a book blast, which started yesterday. And today, the person that runs uh, Gina gave me a I don't know what, how many stars, but the review is fantastic. And it's on Facebook, mm. so everybody could say, how wonderful. Yeah. She got what I was trying to say. And I'm just, awesome. like, so excited. Yeah, it is. I, I really, and I appreciated it because she said I do so much for them. That's the least they could do for me. And I was like, <laughs> I was just hoping what, that I would just what get. Would, what would the we title do of the book is Mirror without, Image. Without that what would we do as writers without that support, right? I mean, we, we so need that from yeah. our community. So, so congratulations on that review. And that lineup sounds amazing. And I, I, I couldn't be more honored to be here talking with you about my book. Thank you so much. I, I, I love doing this. And I appreciate when somebody appreciates that I'm doing this. 
And I, mm. I don't ask anybody to do reviews or anything, but I did offer mm. a lot of people, if my publishers will send me more, um, the PDF, because I, and I did send some print copies out, because I only read print, you know that. And mm-hmm. you have a new book coming out. I got the paper here on June 20th, right? In 2024. Yep. Tell us about the Codex, your next release. We have a few mm-hmm. more minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Codex is kind of similar in a way to Terror Bay. It's a standalone thriller. Um, I kind of mm-hmm. leave it open at the end where it could possibly have a sequel. And, again, I, I don't know yet if I'm going to write a sequel. I, I haven't started it. But um, it's about uh, a man named Angus Mariner who um, who is – um, he's riddled with um, with pain and and guilt after um, a car accident that he and his wife were in killed his wife. So he survived Ooh. and his wife died. And he was an FBI agent, and they were on the way to an FBI event, and their car went off a cliff in Pescadero on the California coast, and his wife died. And because they were on their way to... Um, do a work event for him, and because he survived, he feels he feels guilty. So he kind of goes off the grid for like mm-hmm. a year and a half. He's like barely surviving. He's drinking too much. He's uh, really just kind of circling the drain. And then a journalist contacts him out of nowhere, a journalist who he doesn't know. He's a, also a podcaster. And he starts talking to him. And he put he kind of plants this controversial idea in his head that the accident that killed your wife was no accident, and that that idea kind of wakes him up, wakes him up from the stupor that he's been in, wakes him up from this kind of you know cloak of of pain and misery that has been you know that he's been wearing for almost two years. That wakes him up, and he starts investigating. And as he starts investigating, he discovers that his wife, who was a lawyer, um, a young, successful lawyer, he discovers that she um, that she found some controversial information about one of her clients, and she was a whistleblower. She was about to expose it, and they killed mm. her. And now he has to kind of pick up where she left off and find out what she what she discovered and who she was going to expose it to and why that matters. Okay, so before I ask the usual question, if Kurt and Vaughn could speak to the readers, what would they tell them as to why they want them to read the book? Uh, Let's see. Kurt would want you to read Terror Bay. Mm-hmm. Because it because it might remind the readers of their own truths, of okay. kind of hidden messages in their minds, um, in their minds and their hearts about what drives them, about what's really important to them, and maybe they haven't been listening to those messages. And sometimes you can go forward and investigate them. Don't mm-hmm. do it the way Kurt did it because he was he was a crazy <laughs> guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. So you, the book is coming out June 20th, right? Codex is coming out June 20th, yes. Okay, yep. okay so when am I getting it? <laughs> I don't uh, I don't normally uh, ask that on the phone, but I said, what the heck? I, when am I getting it? I have to put you in my um, schedule. 
Of of course. Um, I it is being edited right now. We're in um, like the fourth or fifth round of editing, and it it really takes a while. I'm not going to send it to you, Fran, until it's like it, it, until it's done. So I mean, it, it might be like another two months, and then I and then I can I can't send you the hard copy, but I can send you the PDF of it. That I'd have to that I'd have to print out because I can't read on my computer. I have oh, to wait okay. for the printer. It bothers okay, me. all right. I, I can, then you I can, can tell me when you would like to copy. be brave enough to do this again. <laughs> I would love to do this again, and thank you so much for all you do for authors, and you're an author yourself, so I think that makes that makes it even more special, and it's been such an honor to be here today. Well, where can everybody find out all about you and your work? And I'll, I have your um, review on my Facebook wall. Okay, I thank you so much, and, yeah, I, and, I, pe- and I saw it on your blog. People can look at my, um, people can go to my website, lisatolls.com, uh-huh. L-I-S-A-T-O-W-L-E-S, lisatolls.com, and you can find all my books on Amazon. And Terror Bay was released last November 29th of 2023, so it is available now in paperback, hardcover, and also Kindle. And at some point I might be doing... The audiobook for Terror Bay. I haven't done that yet, but my last three or four books do have audiobooks. So yeah, that's where you can find me on Amazon or on my website. And um, and I I would love to hear what people think of Terror Bay. And if you like it, if people would please leave a short review, I would be eternally grateful. Well, I put your review on LinkedIn, for real. And I don't Thank know you. why. I am get. The minute I put it on, 10 people read it. They let you know. They said, you have 10 mm. impressions. Cindy McDonald's book had 508. So yours oh doesn't really have more. I was like, okay. what? Yeah, people are actually reading what I write. It's like, why? They, uh-huh. And well, of course I they are. I have four master's, degree, four master's degrees, and this guy offers me another one. I go, no, that's okay. I have enough. I don't need any more. I was cracking up. Oh, my up. goodness. But, so, Lisa, thank you so much. This brightened my whole day. It's beautiful thank outside. You. It's only, it's not even for, it's not even forty degrees out here. It's really oh, cold. Oh goodness. Okay. Yes, it's thirty-eight degrees and it's cold, but you don't need Yikes. a jacket because it's really not that bad. But thank you it's so about, much. Do you ever do panel shows to talk about your book or I, how you write? I I do do panels at conferences sometimes. I've done a couple of virtual panels, and panels are so fun because because um, you know a host like you will always pull three or four people together. And what I inevitably yeah. find is that there's so much in common with them. You know, I mean, uh, there are a lot we're a lot of times coming from the same place. So yeah, panels are really fun. But this this has been such a such a pleasure, Fran, and I'm just so grateful for all you do to support authors, and thank you to your listeners, too. You're very welcome. Everybody, it's a beautiful day outside. The sun is shining. Lisa, thank you so much, and maybe we'll do something uh, in May to talk about your new release with other authors that have new releases coming out, because I could do that. Sounds great. Sounds great. Everybody, have a great day, and bye. Thank you.